0: We caught up with Ravi Su, Chairman, and Nick Brody, uh, CEO of Galani Gold. They have projects in Botswana and South Africa, both uh, producers looking to expand the Galaxy production and they've also made an acquisition of some mine in New Mexico to diversify their jurisdictional risk profile. Uh, We talked to them um, about uh, last year's numbers, where they ended up. uh, Plans for this year Um, started off not too well with uh, Q1. Uh, being affected by a rainy season in Botswana, but things are looking on the up. If you want our thoughts thoughts on that conversation, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com. Ravi, how are you, sir?
1: I'm fantastic.
0: Good, man. You're joined by Nick today, who we spoke to uh, I think back in November as well. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Good lad. Are you still
2: in the UK? I'm still in the UK. Yeah, I've just applied for my visa waiver to get to America for the new asset. Let's see if I can get one.
0: Good, good, good. Go. Okay, looking forward to hearing all about it. Hey, um. So, and what about you, Ravi? You, you, in uh, where are you actually? I'm in Toronto. You're in Toronto. Okay, good. All good there. You're Coming out of lockdown. Uh, it's right? all
1: good. It's, uh, the weather's turned, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to a great summer and being allowed out of our homes.
0: Yeah, that'd be nice. Um. Right. Okay. Well, look. Um. We, I'm sure we can catch up another time. Uh, on, on, the, on the social life, I'm sure it's been um, you've been busy since I last spoke to you. But when you kick off uh, for people new to this story, give me that one minute overview, and I'll pick it up with uh, some questions from there.
1: Sure. Uh, look, we're uh, we've talked before. It's we've had some great conversations. Galani is a um, we call ourselves or we consider ourselves an opportunistic uh, gold mine operator and developer. Uh, we've uh, formed the company through now three acquisitions. Um, the first being in Botswana from a, a major gold producer, a non-core asset for them, but what became our core asset. Uh, then uh, moving to South Africa again, highly opportunistic, something that uh, matched our skill set, the experience of our team, and was a again you know kind of an off-market transaction that uh, others wouldn't have seen, a huge opportunity for us and one that helped transform the company, and most recently uh, an acquisition that has taken us out of Africa, uh, but uh, so quite uh, different geographically for us. It's taken us to New Mexico and the United States, but one that's otherwise thematically very much consistent with uh, everything that we've done. So taking a past producer, uh, all the key infrastructure and permits in place and leveraging our operating team, our experience, our cash flows, our platform, To take that, uh, which was a very valuable single asset producer uh, in recent years uh, before it ran into financial difficulty with lower commodity prices and uh, too much debt, uh, and add that to our portfolio, uh, diversify our geography, add to our production and uh, lower our operating costs, uh, and also add a significant uh, silver component to our production profile.
0: Okay, great. Nice summary. And we'll come on to the summit of mine acquisition in in a minute. Um, Obviously, Nick, we caught up uh, beginning in November. Um, you ended the year with some. Well, were you happy with what you ended up with for 2020? Uh, for
2: the year 2020, yeah, it was a good year. Look, we generated over 14 million dollars worth of free cash flow at the operating level. I mean, gold prices has obviously been in our favor, which is nice and it's still in our favor. But Piney was perhaps a bit down on where we'd like to be. Produced around 27,000 ounces, but you know, we had a couple of months when we were shut down for COVID, etc. So it didn't quite reach our, our normal target of around 30,000 ounces. Uh, but, you know, Galaxy, we pushed on as well. We generated over $5 million worth of revenue there from around 4,000 ounces of concentrate. So it's, you know, it's all moving in the right direction and a very positive year. You know, we managed to, I'm sure when we discussed last time, we would have talked about our debt position. We managed to pay down almost $5 million worth of debt as well. So, you know, everything's moving in the right direction. My key takeaways from, I think, 2021 were generating positive cash flows, paying down debt, getting Galaxy ramping up to phase one, you know, all in the right direction. Unfortunately, 2021 first quarter, didn't start quite as well. We had some uh, rainfall issues at the Mapani asset, uh, some flooding, and also caused some issues with our power supply, with our main transformer failing. So we were down and out of production for a little while. So we only actually managed to around 6,000 ounces in the first quarter and only $2 million worth of positive cash flows. But, you know, it's still, you know, always first quarter for us. Definitely Mapani is difficult because of the rainy season, Um, but we're hoping we'll catch it up. And we're probably still targeting around 29,000 ounces for this year for Mapani. But at Galaxy, you know, the first quarter wasn't great production-wise because of where we were mining. But in April, we managed to exceed the first quarter's production just in a month. And that's really because at Galaxy, we've achieved two things. We, since November, we've uh, bought the new Milan, So the new 50,000 tonne per month plant is running. Uh, And secondly, we reached the Galaxy ore body. Uh, And if you kind of remember, we would have gone through the plan before, but there's two ore bodies we're mining at. One is called Princeton, where we're already in and mining. uh, And the other one is Galaxy. But Galaxy is where we get the volume from. It's the wider ore body. It's up to 40 metres wide. So really to ramp up on the volume, we needed to be in there. So we finished the 1.8 kilometre. attic, We're into the ore body now, and we're now starting to see that volume ramp up. So hopefully by the end of this year, we'll be at that annualised rate right around 20, 23,000 ounces, 26,000 ounces a year of concentrate. Okay, yeah,
0: because I think you would. With, well, I start with Botswana, Mapani, You you were talking to me last time about 30, 35,000 ounces. Obviously, COVID impacted a lot of people, but the gold price kind of helps. You know, bail a lot of people out too. So, so net, 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 you're
2: probably quite pleased with where you ended up there. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I would have liked to produce more ounces, but, you know, given the issues that we had, I think we did very well. Uh, You know, we were shut down for a while and we still don't mine at the same rate. The reality is, if you run an underground mine, you can't have 12 guys charging the face anymore. You can only have two because of the four by four meter and the restrictions, etc. So, it slows you down a little bit underground. Yeah.
0: Is that improving any?
2: Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think South Africa has just uh, introduced new lockdown rules and is going into phase three. But in Botswana, uh, it's got the South African variant there now, and that's starting to pick up there as well. But the reality is, both operations have been, you know, marked as critical, and we've been managing it. I would say extremely well. No cases at the South African asset for over three weeks now. We've had a few more cases in Botswana, but uh, you know, we we managed to keep production going. And we've been, you know, supporting our employees the whole way through this.
0: So, yeah, does that? How much more does that cost you to, you, you know, be able to set the camp up properly? Or so? Do you need to set up a camp? Do you need to spend money and train people? Does that slow you down? Does it take more time? Does it take more money?
2: Uh, look, in South Africa, what we've done is we've taken responsibility for busing. They still live in the community, but we bus them all to work. And before they get on the bus in the morning, they're going to fill through a run through a questionnaire, have the temperature taken. Do they know anybody who's got a cough? And if they, go, if they show any of the symptoms, they're not even allowed on the bus, yeah? So we stop it there. Uh, so yes, there's a, there's a cost to that. Uh, and also, yes, you're right, you know, training-wise, it does take up some of the time retraining on a regular basis. Also, we do regular testing. But it's not a huge, I don't, it's not a huge cost difference. It just slows us down because of the restrictions with regards to spacing, et cetera. Uh, and then if we take Botswana, again, we bus everybody in and we run through the same process and the same procedures uh, and yeah, it's uh, it slows us down again, but it's not again. It's not a big cost. Yeah, it's just the the mining rate has to slow down, especially in underground mines because of the uh, restrictions.
0: We're well, so not operating at one hundred percent capacity in terms of output, but in terms of um, personnel, have you are you also restricted
2: there? I mean, what percentage of personnel are actually working? No, we have the same workforce as we had before. Uh, that hasn't changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes, on the admin side, we let guys work from home just to take some of the pressure off them. We don't have them in offices, etc. But uh, no, we haven't made any changes. In fact, the Galaxy, because we're ramping up, we're actually adding employees for the production growth.
0: Are you helping in terms of uh, inoculation? Oh, so uh, getting 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 jabs uh, to employees.
2: Look, uh, I mean, <laughs> with South Africa, you know, it doesn't have many vaccinations. Yeah, and they're still doing the healthcare. So really, but yes, we've uh, we are helping with the uh, local. Local doctors bring names forward, uh, highlighting where we can assist, uh, and we're also paying for tests, etc., for the community uh, in Botswana. You know, it has a very strong health system there, and really, really, beyond assisting with testing, we're not really doing much else now.
0: Okay, are you going to move to some kind of like monthly reporting, G- given the kind of fluctuating? Um, rest- then fluctuating market and restrictions worth working in South Africa and Botswana. Do you feel that the market's going to need to sort of get more regular updates from you as to what's going on? Because you've got, you've got, you know, you set your targets out last year, COVID impact. You'd like to obviously maintain guidance this year, but it, it's
2: tricky, right? Yeah, look, we had a long discussion at the board level uh, about that. You know, should we put some guidance out there? And the reality is, you know, we can't predict what's going to happen next month 100% right so I said you know the, the reality is we're, you know you're better for us to do these kind of interviews and these discussions and let people hear the story are set some kind of targets out there but we can't put anything in stone because the reality is we don't know you know ultimately what could happen with the COVID in either of these countries uh, I say you know where it looks like they'll keep us running but if we go have a bad you know outbreak in the local community then we may have to consider shutting down et cetera.
0: So obviously, you, you, your target, you were targeted. It's, it's your job, Nick, to actually kind of hit those answers. Best you can. I mean, twenty seven thousand from Mapani um, is pretty pretty good under the circumstances. But has that been at the expense of development work? Because this, when you picked it up, was a, in a very short life of mine. You've extended. You're still at it nine years later. Um, so you, you're doing you were doing all the right stuff there. Have you been able to do the kind of work that you need to continue to extend the life of mine of, of Save Mapani?
2: Uh, look at Mapani, we're restarting the Golden Eagle uh, as an underground mine. So very similar with which we did at Town, and really hasn't held us up there. We're carrying on that. But you know, the thing that probably put us back more was the recent issue with the rainfall, which flooded the underground. So we've had to dewater again, put back in an infrastructure. And that does stop the development because the deeper areas are where we're mining now, and that's where the water is. So, yes, that has affected us, uh, but for our long-term plans, no, it hasn't really held us back on what we're trying to do to extend life in Mapani uh, and definitely hasn't held us back with our, uh, you know, with uh, phase 1 and phase 2 Galaxy.
0: Right. Okay. So just on phase 1, we know about, phase, phase 2, you, you were a bit excited about it a few minutes ago. Can you just tell us exactly what, what the plan is
2: there? So, I think we announced in December the well, in June last year, we announced a new update on the resource and put out a new PEA. and We added about a million ounces or categories to Galaxy, so it's around two and a half million ounces now. Uh, but we also announced the phase two with the PEA to support it, which took us up to around 43,000 ounces production from the 27 we're currently targeting phase one. And what we said was we're going to merge them together because the reality is already. Back when I told you about the two ore bodies, all we're actually doing is increasing the output from the galaxy ore body. Yeah. So we just need to do more development. So we're just spending now, we could have waited, finished phase one, and then gone and done development at depth to start phase two, but we're doing that development now. So we're just accelerating everything. But it means in the meantime that we won't ramp up as quickly as we originally said because, you know, we're constrained by the amount of equipment we have.
0: What do you mean by that? Explain that.
2: Well, we have a certain mining fleet. Yeah. And they can do so many meters a day or so many tons. Yeah. So the reality is, once we're in and stoping, we can we can produce so many tonnes with the equipment we have, but at the same time, we need to then go take the drill, for example, off the drill, a development end, to make sure we can go underneath ourselves to start another new stope, etc. So it just means we're moving the equipment around. Well, look, we'll, the reality is, once we have the funds, we'll increase the size of the fleet and, and we'll get through that little bottleneck. But at the moment, we're in a little bit of a bottleneck because of that.
0: Right. And, and when, you, when you're talking about funds, obviously, you, you produced a bunch of cash last year' it's the first thing you said to me today so how much more cash are you going
2: to need to be able to
0: unrelease the value there
2: uh, look it's it, we can do it all from our own internal cash flows that's the reality of it uh, you know if we look at last year I said you know I said we generated forty million dollars worth of operating but I also told you we've paid five million dollars of debt we also spent four million on a new mining fleet the galaxy uh, and we put five million in of development into the ground as well as upgrading the plant so you know the money was spent and it was spent wisely to push ahead. We've done the majority of the groundwork now. So really it's just about adding a few bits of equipment as we go through this year, expanding the fleet a little bit, and that we can accelerate.
0: Right, but you've just raised 9.6 ish million bucks recently, private placement. Yep. So what's the cash position? And you know, are you gonna to need to go out and do some more later this year to, to enable you to do so that?
2: No, we don't need to raise any more cash. The cash that we did raise really went towards the acquisition. Uh, there's about a million Canadian left over. Uh, which will assist us, yes. But uh, you know, at the end of uh, quarter one, we only had about two and a half million in the bank, uh, just because of the issues with the reduction, etc. So you know, we're just consolidating this moment in time. Uh, and as Galaxy ramps up, you will see those cash flows increase again, and then we'll be able to self fund going through.
0: Okay. So from what you've seen in April. I know it's only ju- we're only just get rid of May, so you, you get a sense of what you're going to be able to, ha- what you will have produced in terms of April and May's cash flow contribution. You're comfortable with what you're
2: seeing? Yeah, know yeah, I'm more than comfortable where we're at
0: at the moment in time.
2: Yes. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, when we spoke, Ravi, you like a.
0: Not necessarily a distress project, but something where perhaps it just takes a little bit more work to kind of release the value. That's what we talked about when, when, when we spoke. And you sort of outlined why Summit possibly falls into that category. It, I mean, it strikes me as a, sl- a slightly easier project compared to both Mapani and, and Galaxy in the sense that it's less complicated, which is good. So how did you justify this acquisition or how, how do you justify this acquisition?
1: Yeah, I, I would agree that it is um, less complicated than the other two that we've taken on for sure. And then the jurisdiction is uh, even better. Uh, Botswana is excellent. South Africa is quite good. And, but um, a tier one jurisdiction within the United States is, is outstanding. So it is definitely uh, easier on both the technical and then on an intangible basis as well. It was in production uh, less than 10 years ago. And uh, really the distressed aspect of it was more financial. And that part was cleaned up by the uh, lenders that took over the business uh, from the previous owner and were ultimately the vendors to us. So it, is it uh, strictly speaking a distressed or, or highly complex asset? No, but how this falls into our criteria, uh, two, two sort of buckets all identify there. Number one, uh, Type of mining, style of mining, issues, typical issues that you would face with this kind of operation, all stuff that we deal with uh, at our existing two operations. So it's right in our wheelhouse on that basis. And then, as I alluded to a little bit in it earlier, um, this is a kind of asset size wise that would uh, typically and continue to, to fall through the cracks. So it uh, was a past producer. This is a living, breathing operation uh, with moving parts. So kind of hard for a Shell Co or new co with no team, uh, no assets, no cash flow themselves uh, to take on with from a cold start and bring it into production and really get that value out of it that you would need to and to justify purchasing it. Uh, on the other side of the coin though, it's not something that's large enough for a mid-tier or certainly a large cap uh, um, tier one uh, gold mining company or silver mining company to go after. It's just it's just of that size. so and add to the fact it's underground, you lose a little bit more of a potential audience there, much more narrow skill set there. So for us, uh, we fall nicely into that category. We have the team, we have the skill set, we have the credibility. Uh, and we have the financial wherewithal to put it into production with pretty minimal dilution, considering what we're getting in the end. Uh, not insignificant. We, you know, we did consider that very carefully, uh, that we would have to do a financing to fund the upfront portion uh, to enable us to fund the rest of it out of our own cash flows and, and uh, balance sheet. But uh, for us to be able to, to, to check all those boxes, have an asset that was uh, largely permitted for Functionally, all infrastructure in place, was producing in the past, tier 1 jurisdiction, same skill set, everything that we have in-house, in and to be able to, to push half the consideration, which itself in total was a fraction of the NPV from the base case. Uh, so on, tell on me, tell me more about that. that. We have.
0: Tell me about how you've structured it you know, in, in terms of money now, money later, cash, who owns what?
1: It, it, and that's so the, the total consideration was uh, $17 million, half of which up front, eight and a half up front, eight and a half um, uh, on uh, commercial production. And by push breaking it in half, lets us minimize any dilution or, or, or hit to our balance sheet up front so that we could focus on funding the, the capital expenditures and working capital requirements needed to get it back into production without having to come back to the market. And also have our balance sheet in shape so that we could fund that uh, back-ended payment uh, when it comes. Uh, So that, for us, in terms of a return and uh, actually in real terms, return to our shareholders, which is what ultimately matters, uh, we want to minimize what we're putting out up front. Uh, So we were very pleased that we were able to accomplish that. I think a large part of why we were able to accomplish that was the fact that we had a demonstrated track record with two other similar scale. Uh, style assets. So the vendor in the conversations with us, and I I don't know who the other competing parties were, so I'm certainly not disparaging any of them, uh, but they could see in us that, wait, this is a very credible operation. Um, Took two two operations. uh, In one case, transitioned to a new underground mine. The second case, restarted a past producing underground mine, both of them similar scale uh they and they could see that we had the the cash flows uh, both behind us and coming in front of us from those two legacy or existing operations it was it was a good fit and so we found them uh, very professional to deal with but i think they also saw in us uh, a very serious professional counterparty again not saying that the other uh, competing bidders weren't serious uh, i suspect they were uh but i doubt that they were coming with the same sort of track record in-house of two similar scale underground mines that 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 uh, looked had a lot of striking similarities with the summit uh, opportunity.
0: Got it. So you will be a hundred percent owner once you make that second payment. Are they retaining any equity, any kind of remuneration package?
1: No, there's the. So uh, I mean, we're the hundred percent owner now. We do have uh, a lot uh, an obligation to make the payment. Uh, it's not sort of uh, ownership subject to that payment. Uh, it is a it is a go forward uh, obligation of the company. Uh, as a result of the transaction, there is no royalty uh, to the vendor. There is no uh, operating level ownership interest of uh, the upfront consideration. They did ask to take uh, a significant part of it uh, in stock, which they did. So we uh, we paid them uh, um, roughly uh, six million in cash and the remainder in uh, shares of Golani uh, at the uh, on the same terms as the share issue that we did. And I think that was really they could see that there should be a a real re-rating in the company, and that there'd be an additional opportunity for them there. Uh, But uh, you know, either way, it would have been dilution for us. So these are all factors that we weighed into it. Uh, You know, it would have been great if this opportunity came uh, to us a year later, uh, and we had the cash sitting on our balance sheet uh, generated from operations, and we could have done it with uh, with uh, less or almost no dilution. Uh, but uh, these opportunities do not uh, come around every day. Yeah. We've been looking for this for years, yeah. and uh, this kind of opportunity was something that we uh, we leapt on. So this is uh, this is this is a great fit for us and a, a huge opportunity for our
0: company. Yeah, the best time to do deals when you do a deal. So um, so that means so six million cash. So you had about three and a half left over from the raise. I guess some of that went to fees, but you did about three million. Which have gone to your bottom line. Is that there's, right? there's
1: a there's a currency change there too, right? We raised uh, just over nine million Canadian. A like, Canadian the got the, all it. Dollar terms. I'm talking to you. you US, US. Got
0: so, it. Yeah. Understood. Okay, right. Okay. So with your two, two or two and a half million, you've got now. We sorry, um, Nick. We talking about? You said how much cash you had today? Was that in Canadian or American? So we we net
2: received around one and a half million CAD.
0: Got it. Understood. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Ravi, back to you. You used a phrase there, which I always things interesting for people to understand. Which is when you're in commercial production. Okay, this is when you get cute with when you're doing uh, agreements is your definition of commercial production that you agreed with them as what it's production. It's, it's
1: production. There's, production. Production. there's, no, there's Got not. Got uh, I guess that's a term of art, but um, uh, it's actually okay. the
2: first dance produced. Got it. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. So right, there's going to be no arguments uh, over dinner. Um, uh, look, right. they, were,
2: they were very clear; they didn't want to have that argument in two years' time. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I, I can, I can, I can, expect that. So, so with, so where are you at now with your cash, Nick? You, you're going to be able to do some exploration underground, obviously, um, with your African assets, That's right. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's within budget. We're we're fine with that. We continue to do the exploration and extend life. Yes. Right. Uh, and with the and with the summit mine, I guess where you're going to go next. You know, the care and maintenance cost is only a hundred thousand dollars. It's not huge, and the first thing we're running through is there's already an existing 43101 around the asset, but it was done in 2014. You know, it had around hundred thousand ounces of gold and six and a half million of silver, uh, and there's already 15,000 feet of underground development done. And what we're trying to do is to see is if we can do it like we've done it with our other underground assets. See if we can actually start it as it sits now. You know, we're putting a mine plan together and seeing whether we need to do an updated technical report or anything like that, or whether we're in a position where we could just raise the funds and go straight in, or well, not raise the funds but spend the funds and go straight in and restart the mine. You know, the mill is all there and ready to go, uh, and well serviced, uh, and the underground operation is really where we need to do the, the work, structural work at the moment. To just make that decision,
0: uh, Ravi, you you just said that obviously. Um, you you want to be able to you you would like to have done this still later this year or next that ideally right when you if you hadn't had this interruption to your cash flow you, you probably could have done this from your own cash flow the acquisition of Summit right is that what you said that what you said to me
1: I, look I mean I do a great deal when I can do a great deal so uh, you know I, would I have rather have done it uh, out of our cash position I think we you know given you know an, an enough additional quarters we would generate that cash. Sure. Of course, you know, uh, you know, we more than most, I think, uh, really focus on the dilution factor, um, you know, management and um, board and uh, immediate family members uh, owned close to 60% of the company. Now we're diluted to less than 50%, still an enormous position. Uh, but that's something we look at very carefully, because ultimately, you know, maybe we, we could just, you uh, Rest on our laurels, and uh, we have two assets. Uh, One of them is working pretty well, and the other one's really in the ramp-up phase, almost uh, through the hardest part of it. And 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 we've uh, we've done the hard yards on that one already. Why not just sit on those and and and, uh, benefit from a rising gold price and our increasing production? Great story, Uh, sure. And that was definitely our base case. That's always our base case: do nothing. But uh, here is an opportunity to do something, and uh, the benefit of doing it now than a year from now is we have that production a year sooner too. So we're, you know, it, 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 it's it's all academic. I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, course, it it, it uh, is, and yeah. it's not.
0: I wasn't. It was no criticism uh, about doing a deal now. It, the question is really about trying to understand what um, decisions Nick has got to make because. You've had to raise money in the market. Ideally, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have diluted yourselves. I understand that, and I get your own cash holding means you're definitely aligned with shareholders. But for Nick, his pressures are to spend the cash flow that you are producing on the on the two assets in South Africa and Botswana and get the best possible outcome in terms of production. Right. And at the same time, you've just acquired something and you want to get that and you want to see if you can get that in a state of production as quickly as possible, too. So you're going to have to apportion and split up and allocate budget for that from cash flow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but I, I can say that we've gone into it with, uh, with some comfort and using a budgeted gold price that's much lower than today's price to be able to, to progress all three assets at the pace that we want to. Of course, in a world of unlimited resources, you could do everything faster. Uh, The faster you do it, you also introduce uh, more operating risk or execution risk for sure. So, I I, I think uh, that was another major consideration of ours. I think a lot of shareholders said, Why didn't you try to borrow more money or do something to reduce that equity component? And we, you know, maybe we could have uh, squeaked a little bit more uh, of borrowings out of uh, our structure. And done that, that would have impacted us in a way that we weren't as comfortable with in terms of executing on all three operations. Uh, so, you know, we did it. We we diluted. We issued equity. We have a clean purchase. We didn't take on any additional debt to do it. And we're now in a state where our existing operations can fund themselves, can fund their own near mine exploration uh, initiatives, and can generate enough cash flow to cover our overheads and also advance our our new project in New Mexico uh, at Summit. So those are all things, they're definitely considerations uh, for the management team and for the board, uh, but that was really a driving factor in saying, look, let's let's fund this with all equity. Uh, We're in good shape. Uh, We're paying off our, our legacy debt. And we have cash flow from operations to fund all, all our initiatives uh, at all our three locations.
0: So, Nick, how do you come at this? How do you come at Summit? Because if you look at the kind of cutoff grade there, it's good grade, like 4.35 gram per ton. Is that about right?
2: No, uh, it depends on you. We're, we're still arguing on whether it's a silver mine or a gold mine. So, <laughs> uh, okay. if, if I talk about it being a silver mine, then the, the average grade is around 573 grams a ton. Yeah, and if I talk about it being a gold mine, then the equivalent grade for gold would be about seven grams a ton. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. So, how do you come at this problem opportunity? Let's call it an opportunity. How do you come at this opportunity? Because there's going to be lower grade stuff there. You're going to maybe want to revisit any studies
2: done um, to optimize and create value. No, a hundred percent. So you know, look, we went through the technical report through the old PEA. We've looked at that model, and that model is a great model. It generates 100 million MPV at a 1,700 Gold, $25 uh, an ounce silver. So, it's you know it's a great standalone model as it stands now. But we we always put forward that in our, you know, our expertise, we can achieve better than it's normally been put down on paper. So, that's the first step for us. So, our business development manager is working hard, as I said, looking at the mine plan, trying to design a mine plan. And yeah, we need to make a decision whether a Gold or a Silver mine. Uh, once we made that decision, then, yes, we'll target the grade appropriately. Uh, I think one of the issues the previous operator had is they would just went for volume rather than for, for looking for grade and making it economic, which a lot of people make that mistake.
0: They, they, they do, and you need to explain it for this audience as well in terms of decision-making, because if you've got Gold and Silver, people go, oh, you just, you just recover Gold and Silver, it's easy. Just explain why it's important to kind of pick your
2: route. Well, look, I'm, a, I'm an accountant background, yeah? And what I chase is margin when I'm mining, yeah? But a lot of people think, well, I'm generating gold, therefore I must be making money. But if you go into a low grade area and you're mining tons, you may not be making money. You may be wasting money. So we always, whenever we do a model, we base it around margin and we decide where we're going to cut off a margin basis, yeah? Rather than on grade basis. But the one and the same is just the way I look at the numbers. So the old previous guy was just chasing volume. They were trying to get as many ounces as they could on the ground because that's what they believed would give them a return. But the reality it was chasing. they needed to go for a higher grade, less volume, and they probably would have they would have made more money. Uh, maybe not enough at that time because of the structural issues. They had to survive, but they would have been in a better position, definitely.
0: Okay. Ravi, market doesn't seem to get it. I know you just made the announcement in in the last two weeks hasn't reacted positively, hasn't reacted negatively, but hasn't reacted positively either. What's the job you've got ahead of you? Uh,
1: I, I don't, wouldn't say the market hasn't got it. I think uh, we're a company that, for all intents and purposes, has not done an equity issue since it went public uh, almost exactly 10 years ago. Uh, so we are a complete unknown name uh, when we were talking to institutions, uh, talking to bankers for that matter, uh, who are you guys? Um, We've never done an equity, equity issue. We've never paid anybody as a result, uh, meaning investment banks uh, or the ecosystem of, of capital markets. So it was a great exercise for us in that respect. And relative to what we've done in the past and, and to our normal trading volume, we issued a lot of stock. So we're in the process of chewing through that now. Um, we've traded consistently above the issue price the entire time since it was announced, since the transaction closed, since the financing closed. Uh, so I think we can claim a short-term success uh, on that basis. I, I think that's largely irrelevant. And uh, now people are going to look to our, our continued uh, execution at Galaxy, uh, milestones and progress at Summit, at the new asset, and uh, and of course commodity prices. And um, you know, since we closed the transaction, we've uh, had a very favorable move in both gold and silver, and and we expect that to continue. Uh, that's not why we did the transaction. We thought it was a beneficial transaction. Um, in, in fact, maybe even more so in a lower commodity price environment because it lowers our overall uh, ASIC um, um, and cash cost as well. Uh, so it, it was it benefits us in both scenarios. But um, and certainly, we have that additional leverage to the upside now, uh, and especially with the addition of uh, of the silver component. Uh, so back, back to your specific question, though, of like, what's our job now is, uh, and it really sort of uh, kicks off uh, just now uh, that we have both the financing and transaction closed and the, the shackles are off a little bit uh, within the constraints of, uh, obviously, of uh, securities laws uh, for us to go out and, and talk to, to capital markets about uh, the transaction, update them on our existing operations But also, what we're what what have we done with Summit? What's the opportunity, and and and, you know how does this all fit together? Uh, And and that's exactly what we're doing right now.
0: Okay, and if I look at the, I mean, you're still circa fifty percent, which is a lot. I mean, sixty percent as you were before was 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 problematic. But you guys didn't need the money. I get that. But do you see any problem in the future about having such a large shareholding? Because usually, when there's liquidity issues like that you know, you've got to do something to fix it don't you
1: uh, look I, I don't think uh, I, I think we have a, a decent float uh, I think probably if I were to identify a weakness in our capital structure prior to this offering is that we had uh, basically no institutional ownership I don't think that was because we had a large insider ownership components because we've never done a financing uh, so we've never walked around to to, to institutional investors. Uh, that that's how you get in. I was uh, an institutional fund manager for for much of my career, and uh, you don't. It's not easy to build a multi million dollar position, or you typically don't try to on a on a small cap name, uh, other than through a financing. So uh, this spent financing was almost uh, entirely. I uh, don't have the exact percentage, but let's say a ninety plus percent institutional uh, in terms of where it was placed, which is great for us. Uh, In terms of just getting started on this uh, transition to um, management and uh, retail individual investors to a more typical mix of uh, management, individual investors and institutional, um, but still with a a very large uh, insider ownership component. I don't think uh, under any circumstance that's, that's a negative for us.
0: It, it, it's not it gives us stability. I understand that you've got to get that balance right but you also get you've got to get that free sum of excitement in the market too. So what, what's the point? What is the what do you think you need to come back and talk to us about for people to get what you've done here with this acquisition and your ability obviously let's assume your ability to continue generating cash flow in Africa.
1: It, it i think uh it just continue to, to uh, communicate the milestones and the execution success and, and i think uh, we are a production company so we're viewed on production but also cash flow so we uh, we rise and fall with commodity price there's no question about that there's you know we're not doing anything to try and uh, mitigate that uh, we believe investors invest in a company uh, such as ours i know i have uh, because we actually believe in the underlying commodity price, and it's uh, effectively uh, an opportunity to invest in that and the, the rise in that commodity price. So we don't do anything about that. But uh, we have to continue to demonstrate that what we're saying is what's actually happening. And that means a couple of things one specific milestones, this many ounces, uh, generating positive cash flow, paying off debt. Uh, but it also means that what we're saying in a broader sense, which is that we can take something. It was in production. We can all wrap our head around that. We can add our team, add our secret sauce, add our execution capabilities, add the, the successes and the failures that we've had in the past 10 years together and the 20 and 30 years prior to that uh, collectively as a team and put that all together into this and, and bring all those in- ingredients into, into one bowl and turn it into an operating mine again. We did it with the transitioning to an underground mine in Mupani. That was somewhat invisible because it was done in the absolute depths of a Gold market. Uh, nobody was watching. Nobody cared. Uh, we did it. We bought Galaxy at virtually the all-time low on Gold price uh, within months, any, or not the all-time low, sorry, in the, the low of the last 10-years uh, on, on Gold price. Um, Nobody was watching. We got that into production during a time period where we did most of that work when nobody was watching. Uh, now we've been communicating what we've been doing and the milestones and the execution at Galaxy with a few eyes on us. And now we have Summit. And now we have Summit with a lot of uh, much broader universe of eyeballs on us. So we have to demonstrate that what we say is, yeah, we'll, we're putting all those ingredients in the bowl. What's going to come out is an operating mine. And and that's the main thing that we have to deliver on in the next
0: eighteen months. And it, you you have shown, and you I hope you will show with Summit that you are great operators. You bring life back where it perhaps was you know falling off a bit of a bit of a cliff, and that's brilliant. But th- that kind of constraint doesn't give the blue sky and the excitement. So uh, you know. When do you start allocating the funds, or how do you go about bringing the kind of freefall of excitement into the potential scale or the growth component to this? Because you're producing pa- you're producing ounces, which is awesome, producing cash, which is awesome, but it's kind of within a sort of very narrow silo, and it's like, well, well, how, do well we, how do we how do we how do we get bigger?
1: Yeah, we we can't we can't uh, produce ounces out of thin air. We are constrained by. You know, it says uh, Nick often jokes. It's much easier to be an exploration uh, company, and it is because, uh, well, you can't control what you find or don't find. Uh, it's pretty easy to control your expenses when you have almost no employees, and and you can turn your expense uh, on and off uh, whether you're exploring or not. Uh, we're a living, breathing operation. Uh, we've got employees, we've got costs, and we have to produce ounces uh, and, and generate cash flow. So that we are constrained by. Being the reality of being a a living, breathing, operating mining company. Uh, I think when we can communicate to investors uh, every year for several years an increasing production profile, uh, we can do that at the same time. What are the big knocks against us? Number 1 historically, and we've talked about this in the past, is you guys have so much debt, You you know, you have too much debt. And we said, yeah, okay, it looks like a lot of debt relative to our market cap, but look at all this production that we have and that's coming. We're fine with it. Don't worry about the debt. Uh, it's actually smart. It means that we've been able to keep more of the equity, and the amount of pushback on that has gone from hundred percent down to fifty percent, and it's on its way to zero as we pay off that debt, as our market cap goes up, and as people see, look, debt as a percentage of our revenues is actually really small uh, at, at this point, and, and that's going to completely go away. So I, I think as we. Present to investors uh, and demonstrate that we go from 1-mine to 2-mine to 3-mines. We go from a production profile that goes up every year for several years in a row. Our cost of production is ticking down and that's happening in a commodity price bull market. The numbers that you're going to see are going to be really exciting. and, and We're not going to have to flood investors with shares to fund our next exploration program or our next uh, escapade because we're generating cash flow. That, that cash has, has a real use to it. So initially it's paying off debt and advancing Galaxy and, uh, uh, to phase two and uh, moving Summit forward back into production. Uh, but the, but I, I think there's a lot of excitement there. And, and I know with uh, Silver alone, I mean, look, the, the Santa Fe Gold Company, which was a, a standalone listed company uh, prior to its financial difficulties in uh, 2013, 2012, 13, the previous owner of the Summit Mine, with functionally just the Summit Mine as its only asset, uh, at those higher high commodity prices of 10 years ago, enjoyed a market cap by itself in excess of 130 million U.S. dollars uh, at its peak. Uh, that was when silver was really humming. Uh, I, I think. You know we have that uh, same torque. Uh, You know it seems like a crazy price given that we paid uh, about five percent of that uh, upfront uh, or less to purchase it. Uh, But uh, but that was not a that was not a crazy market cap for Santa Fe to have when silver was at fifty dollars. I mean producing a million ounces a year of silver uh, from a high grade uh, gold or high grade silver mine. Uh, is, uh, is uh, pretty exciting uh, when silver starts to move. So I think we have a lot of ways that we can uh, generate excitement and leverage uh, to this cycle for precious metals investors. And uh, yeah, I agree. We are constrained. We, you know, we're not talking about, okay, we're going to 10 million ounces in their new drill campaign and so on and so forth. Uh, the challenge is for us to, to deliver uh, milestones on our operations and execute on those. And if we do that, uh, I, I think there's a huge amount of excitement ahead of us for uh, as shareholders.
0: Ravi, good place to end. Appreciate your time today, Nick. Also, thanks for the uh, detail as well. Good luck, guys. Stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Okay.
1: thanks mm-hmm. pleasure. Can't wait.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, CruxInvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn.